Hello, my friends and brethren in the Lord. Welcome to our God's Word for today devotional this morning. And let me read to each one of us Jude 15, verse 7 to 17 for our devotional this morning. But we will be treating the whole chapter of Job chapter 15. And there are 35 verses here. But let me read verse 7 to 17. Are you the first man who was born? Or were you brought forth before the hills? Have you listened in the counsel of God? And do you limit wisdom to yourself? What do you know that we do not know? What do you understand that is not clear to us? Both the gray-haired and the aged are among us, older than your father. Are the comforts of God too small for you? Or the word that deals gently with you? Why does your heart carry you away? Why do your eyes flash? That you turn your spirit against God and bring such words out of your mouth. What is man that he can be pure? Or who is born of a woman that he can be righteous? Behold, God puts no trust in his holy ones and the heavens are not pure in his sight. How much more or less one who is abominable and corrupt, a man who drinks injustice like water. And these words are coming from the mouth of Eliphaz. And Eliphaz's tone changed noticeably as he heard Job in the previous chapter. He accused Job that he was one filled with windy knowledge, like a wind bang, like a balloon with hot air inside, one with useless talk with impious words. That Job is caught in his own tongue of craftiness. That's why he said, verse 5, Your own mouth condemns you and not I. Your own lips testify against you. He accused Job of being arrogant as better than themselves. That's why he said also in verse 7 to 9, Are you the first man who was born? Or were you brought forth before the hills? Have you listened in the counsel of God? And do you limit wisdom to yourself? What do you know that we do not know? What do you understand that is not clear to us? So he left us tone of voice here was that Job was accusing God. Again, Eliphaz expressed a rhetorical question in verse 14. What is man that he can be pure? Or who is born of a woman that he can be righteous? And this wasn't the first time that he asked this rhetorical question. And here he answered his own question that no one could be pure. There's no one that could be pure before a righteous God. That even his angels are not pure before God's eyes. How much more to humans that we should be more detestable because we are lower than the angels. That's what he said in verse 15 to 16. So in this lengthy speech of Eliphaz, he concluded that the wicked man will suffer a terrible faith. In verse 20, we see that. And, and that the sufferings and the hardships of men, as he saw the sufferings of Job, means that because he suffered, there must be a sin in the life of Job. But Job had argued otherwise in Job 12, chapter 12, verse 6. Let's remember, this is what Job said in Job chapter 12, verse 6. The tents of the robbers are at peace, and those who provoke God are secure. 
who bring their God in their hand. In other words, Job argued that even the wicked are blessed by God and the righteous could be suffering. That God won't uniformly rewards the righteous and punishes the unrighteous. That is what he observed and experienced in life. But Elijah strongly differed. That's why he said in verse 20 to 21, the wicked man writes in pain all his days through all the years that are laid up for the ruthless. Dreadful sounds are in his ears. In prosperity, the destroyer will come upon him. So Eliphaz was very strong on his belief that because a person experiences hardships, pains, and sufferings, he must be very sinful. And once again here, the belief of Eliphaz, as was his three friends, they were all unanimous and they were consensus in their beliefs that was leaning toward retributive theology as Moody Bible commentary uh, described this, that this is a retributive theology that Eliphaz and his friends believed. And what is this retributive theology? If a person is a sinner, that is if a person commits mistakes or wrong before the Lord, God will punish him. But if he is not, God won't punish him. Is that always true? I bet it's not always true in the Bible. God is dealing us with the grace. Even Paul said in Romans chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, Do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself, on the day of wrath, when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. In other words, the wicked here in this world will experience the grace of God. We call this the common grace. The Lord Jesus Christ taught us in the Gospel of Matthew that he sends the rain, not only to the just, but also to the unjust. He let the sun shine, not only to the good, but even to the wicked. In other words, God is gracious. But this graciousness and goodness of God are meant by God that people will repent. Because as what Paul said in verse 5, Romans chapter 2 verse 5, but because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself. So what does he mean? He meant that if a person constantly receives the grace of God, but is impenitent. He won't acknowledge that God is the giver and the author of, good, of, of goodness and he must believe on, on, on God through Jesus. He's storing for himself rough. Yes, God has been so good to us. His mercies and his grace are seen in the way he pours upon us and all the whole world is goodness. Somebody even said that. Why is it that 
most of the millionaires and the billionaires are ungodly and wicked people. And it seems that they, are, they continue to be billionaires and millionaires. And when we look at ourselves, why is it that if we live righteous and godly in this world, we will be persecuted? It seems unfair. God really is not unfair. God is just gracious. God is gracious for them so that they will recognize that all of this, they come from God. But instead, they harden their hearts. But according to Paul here, they are storing for themselves wrath if they will not repent. So the more they receive the goodness of the Lord, the blessings from God, the more they are responsible, the more they are accountable. If they will not repent, this will be a witness against them. So the goodness of the Lord is the reason behind why God seems to be good to the wicked, as Job observed. And Elias and his friends we're, we're not able to see that we always believe that it's always retributive. So Job's suffering was a retribution as a consequence because he was very simple. May by his grace and mercies will not be like these friends of Job that will not jump into conclusion, will not be judgmental and prejudiced. Because God is sovereign. God has his own plan. God's ways are not always. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He allows sufferings to the righteous people in order to purify their faith. As Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1, that the trial of your faith, more precious than gold, that all of our lives after the trials will give God the greatest glory. May God bless us. Let us pray. Father, thank you that this morning this discourse between Eliphaz and Job had um, grown really um, more intense. And we see here how you have allowed Job to experience hardships and how his friends had misinterpreted it. Revealing to us how, how limited are our, is our understanding of your goodness and grace. But thank you, dear Father, that you have written this for our guidance so that we will know that you are our God who, who is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance that you show goodness and mercy upon us in order for us to be repentant. And Lord, as we reflect these words this morning, help us not to be a hearer. Help us to apply the words today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.